0: Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Fundra, welcome. Can we give it up for our worship team? Almost knocked that down. (laughs) Yes, it's nothing like flowing in the spirit. I am so honored. If many of you don't know me, my name is Krelion Winston. Um, And I just recently um, became Highland Colony's youth pastor. So, Woo! (laughs) The Lord is good. He's faithful. I'm so excited about what the Lord has in store. You guys can have a seat. You can have a seat. Um, And then I get the band to come back up. Um later on tonight, so man i I am thrilled to be before you guys tonight, and my wife maria, where she she just got done with worship i 'm so blessed for her awesome honoring Pastor Joel Sims and miss Peppy sims pastor peppy uh, let's can we get them honor i 'm an honor guy I love to give honor uh, and all of our campus pastors and Last but not least, giving honor first are my Lord and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So come on, let's make some noise for Jesus tonight. (laughs) If it's one thing I'm passionate about, I am passionate about Jesus, y'all. Come on, man. Come on. I love me some Jesus. I love talking about him. I love glorifying him. And I'm telling you, tonight is gonna be a good night. And so, um, I want to kind of take you guys through the journey of kind of like the past year that the Lord has kind of been taking me on this journey that I've been going on for the past year or so. Um, And it's kind of based off what we've been talking about in uh, some of our series. Pastor Joel, Pastor Chase preached on it today, and we also took it today. Um, It's just kind of coming to the Lord's table and talking about communion at the Lord's table. And um, I was a part, I had a, I was Able to be a part of this, uh, Pastor Peter Lewis, who is um, he has his own podcast and his own ministry called Braveheart Ministries. Um, I was able to be chosen to be a part of this 318 men and women globally around the world that partake in this tr- that partook in this training, um, where we got together and he taught us how to preach the God the gospel through communion at the Lord's table, y'all. And when I tell you it was so good. Oh my gosh. And so I just want to dive into it. The heart behind it was getting people together, trained to carry this message of ministry, really of reconciliation to declare the forgiveness and the grace of God through the Lord's table. And I preached the same message to the students uh, this morning because, like, even for them, I'm, I'm, my heart is for them to get a revelation of more of who Jesus the man is. And so Because I I firmly believe that when we can come from a place of being madly and falling madly in love with the man Jesus, then everything else will take place and it'll work out itself. And so the Lord said, how many of you know the Lord's table is always open? Come on, somebody. Let me say that again. The Lord's table is always open. It's always room at the Lord's table. Many of you may say, "Well, sit around your table and say, well, we got 10 people here, we got eight, and it's full. Well, yeah, your table may be full, but the Lord's table is always, always open. And so one of the things that I want to talk about tonight is how to preach the gospel at the Lord's table with people surrounding around your table with believers and unbelievers. Because if you didn't know, brothers and sisters, the gospel is not just for unbelievers. The gospel is for believers as well. The gospel is for all of us, the true gospel. And so I want to kind of give one of my first focus points on when we talk about this communion around the table, we are talking about that there is a personal awakening that happens around the table. Around some of you, that'll be around your family's table. Some of you, that'll be around, hey, friends around your table. For some of us, that'll be, hey, people that we just met, that God has connected us with around our table. But we're talking about for believers, meaning when we see individual believers in the body of Christ beginning to get awakening to the love of God personally. How many of you know that we got to be awakened to the, the love of God personally? Yeah, like before I can love my neighbor, I have to be awakened personally first to the love of God. And then from that place of me being awakening, now I can spread and organically love on other who? People. We're talking about these people being, they're being baptized in the love of God. They're being washed of their sins. When I say baptized in the love of God, what I mean, you're being submerged, submerged in the love of God. We're being baptized in this personal awakening of who Jesus is, the man Jesus, and that we're being washed up all of our sins. Most importantly, they're being awakening to the covenant. They're being awakening to the covenant. And Body of Believers family, I I, I really believe that we have to Go from a place of Jesus just being Savior and that he's Lord. That, hey, when I come into, when I surrender my life, I am coming into covenant with Jesus. My wife, when I, when I came down to the altar, what I was saying was, hey, I'm dying to myself. And I'm going to be fully committed to my wife. Covenant. I am going into covenant with my wife. We are becoming what? One. And it's a deeper revelation of Jesus demand that when we accept him, when we're coming and we're taking communion and we're meeting at the Lord's table and we've surrendered our life fully to him, we're coming into a complete covenant with him. See, I'm reminded that covenant means understanding God's commitment to me. (laughs) See, it's one thing for me to be fully committed to my wife. But it's another thing for my wife to be fully what? Committed to me. In Jesus, covenant means he loves with this, with his whole self, all of his whole self. He loves us with his whole self, all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, all of his strength. When Jesus died on the cross, he was showing us that, hey, look, what's the first and greatest commandment? Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. But I'm not going to ask anything of you that I'm not willing to what? Also do. (laughs) See, Jesus was the perfect example of what it means to love God with all your soul, all your mind, all your strength and love us. Because when he did that, kindness leads us to repentance. And so Jesus is the perfect example of what it means to have a covenant that he loves us with his whole self and everything that's in him. And I want to read this because when a personal awakening takes place, one of the signs of a personal awakening, I love this verse in Romans 8, 38, verses 38 and 39. And how many of you love the Apostle Paul? I love me some Apostle Paul. (laughs) He says this in Romans. He says, and I am convinced, brothers and sisters, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And I'm just going to pause right there. I was reading this last night, and I am convinced, as I was reading this last night, like, Paul is saying, I am convinced. What is he saying right there? He has a different type of confidence and knowing who God is. His confidence, his his mind, he say, I am convinced. No one can tell me differently. No one. No one in the world, not not my family, no one can tell me I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing. That is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So hold up, wait, 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 wait. I am convinced that nothing, not demons, nor angels, not the sky above, nothing in this world can separate me from the love of God. But hold up, wait, what it says in the last verse able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in who? Mm, Christ Jesus, our Lord. So it's a mystery. That means in order for me to be convinced, it's something that I need to see in Jesus. It's something that's, that's a mystery about our Lord that in close proximity, in intimacy with Jesus that I can only get. <laughs> It's a different type of confidence. And I told the students this today. I said, we have to get to a point of stop going around the same cycle. Ah, what I mean by that? What I mean by that is we got to come to a place where we mature. Believers shouldn't be getting entangled in civilian affairs. While we still are going around the same cycle where God is saying, hey, look, I need you to set your mind on things above and stop focusing on the earthly things. Because the earthly things, I've already gonna, I'm going to give you everything you need to operate and do the purpose that I've placed you here for. Brothers and sisters, it's Word of Life Church, it's Word of Life Family. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to set our mind on things above and go to another level. And I told them this because the real warfare, you want to know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood or darkness and principalities. People are not my enemy. My enemy is the devil and the demonic spirits that come with them. And so we have to rise up to begin to set our mind on things above because the real battle is the spiritual realm and us as prayer warriors, us as intercessors, us as worshipers, us as praying and pressing into Jesus with everything we got and saying, God, I'm yours. Here am I. I surrender fully to whatever you want to do. My second focus was when you invite people to the table (laughs) and we take communion we got to focus that there will be a breaking down of denominationalism. Mm. A breaking down of denominationalism at the table. That there is a place of dependency that we have as believers. No longer are we going to do this alone. God never intended for us to do life alone. And so... What I mean by this, this breaking down of denominationalism, all I'm meaning is there should be no division amongst the body. We're all a one body. We partake in, hey, the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the wine, the cup, one body. It's all about Jesus. It's not about how I feel or who offended me. We got to grow past that. That is part of leavening up that I won't allow my heart to get offended. But when I see my brother, when I see somebody differently than me, what I say is, God, I repent of whatever I feel in my heart because it's not about me, but it's all about you, Jesus. And somebody needs to see you, Lord, inside of me, even if we don't look the same. (laughs) That's the breaking up down of denominationalism. Like the analogy for us, like it's people on our jobs that may not look like us. It's people on our jobs that we may not have the same interests, but if I discount them early, what if God is saying, hey, look, I don't need you to discount them. I need you to get in, I need you to go to them. And that's what community is all about. I can't be just dependent on me or just, hey, my click or my crew. It's not about having a click or a crew, it's about Jesus. But because we eat of one bread and drink of one cup, that we are going to be together. That we're going to repent of all of this sort of Lone Star Christianity. That we're going to come to a realization and understand that, no, it's about me getting. And I rather like to help my brothers and sisters grow. It's not about me. I was listening to this podcast and it and it was so good. And one of the things he said was a lot of times we like to get alone and by ourselves, which is good and get isolated and say, you know, I want to. I enjoy my time with God. I enjoy my time with the Lord. And I'm just I'm just good. You know, just me and Jesus, just me and Jesus. And he said a lot of times we we get to these points where we say yes to community. But then when it's hard or when we get tired or when the enemy puts these things on us, that we don't want to go. So if my group is meeting on Tuesday nights and I gave them my yes that I will be committed, that I will be there with my brothers and sisters. And then I'm committed for a while and then I get to a point where I get tired or I get weak or I get off work and I don't feel like going. We just stay home. And he said, there's something that only comes through practice, through you being around community. See, we got to get honest, real, and vulnerable. And the podcast said, like, I I didn't want to go that night. I I, I didn't want to go. Everything was in me was telling me not to go, not to go. But what what it does is when you push past the flesh of what your flesh wants to do, and you follow the spirit, he said, when I showed up, somebody needed to see my presence. And what it did for me in my soul and in my spirit was, it reminded me that it's not about me, but it's all about Jesus. See, some people need you to show up, your presence alone, and show up in your weakness. Young adults and and, and youth, let me free you of this. In all of us, our number one goal shouldn't be to spend one-on-one time with God just so we can get a word from him to get to somebody else. Let me say that again. Our one-on-one time with the Lord shouldn't be the number one motivation or the number one focus is to spend time with the Lord so he can give me words of wisdom and knowledge. So when I go to my small group, I have a word or when I go out, I have a word to give to somebody. Yes, that's good, but that shouldn't be the number one purpose. That's not your calling. You know what your calling is, everybody in this room? Your calling is to be with Jesus. That is your number one calling. And everything after that is organically flows from me just abiding with him and sitting at the feet of Jesus. My love for him, everything else flows from that. I don't seek God. We, we got to stop seeking just God's hand and begin to seek God's face and his heart. He's already given us enough. Jesus was enough. And we got to get to a place in our lives where, God, I, I, I just come before you because I just love your presence. I just love being with you. I'm madly in love with you. I don't need a word. I just need you, Jesus. We believe that the table of the Lord has the power to break down this denominationalism or this division within the body. And we Life Church. Hey, we should be unified. We're the lights. Something we do with students, I invite everybody. It don't matter what church you go to, I tell them on Wednesday nights, come on. I work at Hartfield, I tell the students, come on. Because I'm, I'm like, we're one body. We partake in communion together. And my third focus is this, that I'm going to read Second Corinthians 1 and 9. To encourage us. It says, God would do this. For he is faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're invited into partnership with Jesus. When you invite people to your table, they shouldn't look like you. Me and my wife was talking about this earlier. And something she said was like, we got to get used to People not looking like us. Like, yes, I have my brothers and sisters, but what if somebody that comes that, that doesn't know Jesus? Some people don't you know some people haven't never been in a church. And so their whole way of life, the whole way of they doing life is different. And that's okay because why? We are the lights. And we love we, we we're supposed to love them. We're supposed to show them the love of Jesus and walk that thing out with them. I can fully accept you and fully disagree with you. (laughs) Let me say that again. I can fully accept you and love and fully disagree with your actions. Once again, you're not my enemy. I know who the real enemy is. And my third focus is this is. That we will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And that also there's a message in the meal. It's a spiritual message. Something I talked about earlier today was the old covenant and the new covenant. See, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice once and for all. And I and I told I talked about this. I say we're we're, right. Jesus is the perfect lamb of God who comes and takes away the sin of the world. But in the old covenant, in the Judaism culture, what they did when they sacrificed bulls and goats, they had to do it once a year. And when they did it once a year, if you don't know, this is the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. Every year that they had to come back and they had to sacrifice bulls and goats. It reminded them of their sin. So they may have been free and clean physically, but in their minds, their conscience wasn't what? Free. Because every time they sacrificed the bulls and goats, it reminded them of their sin. And how many of you know that, hey, I don't only want to be physically clean. I want to be clean and also in my what? My mind, my thoughts. Many of us in here, if we got, if you got dark secrets, that's a problem. Shame and guilt, we don't live under no more. Jesus, God doesn't condemn us. The Holy Spirit, Jesus frees us. So my life shouldn't be caught up. I, sh- I, I shouldn't be caught up in the things that, that, that I wrestle with in my mind. Because why? Because I know that my faith is in Jesus and that he paid it once in for what? All. And not only did he cleanse me physically, but he also clean, gave me a free, what? Clean conscience. The new covenant changed the game. In order for them to be close in proximity with God in the old covenant, it was based off performance and what? Work. New covenant is not based off performance and work. It's based off who? Jesus. And what he did. Everything in our culture is all about performance. One thing I pray before I I even speak or whatever I'm doing for the glory of God, I say, God, strip me of every gifting, every talent, anything that's not of you, strip me of it because it doesn't matter. What matters is you. And so I'm so thankful. We should be so thankful that the new covenant now brings us life and our sins are cast from the east to the west. But not only that, that we are operating with a clean conscience that we no longer have to wrestle in our minds with shame and guilt. In 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26, says this. For I pass on to you what I receive from the Lord himself. And the band can come up. On the night when he was betrayed, hmm, Let me pause right there for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night when he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Y'all this meal, this chameleon meal. Was a meal of betrayal. And that's a different message for a different day. But I want you to see. That the meal was based off betrayal. We all know the story of the Last Supper, right? Judas. But Jesus, even in that, he took the meal in the midst of betrayal. So I want to leave you guys, as I finish this up, like who are we inviting to our table? Who are we going to spread the gospel through over a meal and having communion? Because during communion at your table, we're believing for revelation of who Jesus is to take place in a personal awakening, not only in believers, but also in unbelievers who know any don't know anything about the meal. But it gives an opportunity for God to work. It's not our job to save the Holy Spirit does that, (laughs) but it's our job to co-partner with him. And do our part and allow God to work in us and through us. So free yourselves of that. You don't have to know it all. The Holy Spirit knows the Father's heart. That's who we lean on. And it says, and give thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine at the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. (laughs) And I love this. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Fathers, mothers, you're the priestess of your home. And I just want to ask you, I want to just get real, like, what happened to the table? What happened to getting around the table and having a meal with your family? Have our lives got so busy that we don't take out time to get around the table? I think it's something that the simplicity of the gospel and getting around the table and taking communion together. That it's a personal awakening, it's a revelation that happens with us seeing more of Jesus. I'm reading this book called Keep the Blood Warm by Peter Lewis. It's a good book. (laughs) And it's about the Lamb of God. And what I love about it is keeping the blood warm, all that means is. I'm keeping it at the forefront of my mind that I'm not living in Jesus. Yes, he did it 2,000 years ago. No, I'm living it every day. It's a revelation every day. That's what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news. When, when did it stop being the good news? The gospel is like when I look at a Picasso picture and the beauty of the Picasso picture, When every time I go to it, I see something what? Different. That is what the good news is about Jesus. Every time I go to him, every time I see him, every time I press in to see the beauty of him, to see a heart that burns for him, to see a heart that's madly in love with him, that it's not about me, but it's all about him. And I see something different that God reveals to me. Different about Jesus. It was one night I was riding home after one of our students' nights. And it was an awesome night. And the Lord moved. And I was riding home on a Wednesday night and I I just had the music off. It's good to ride in silence and reflect of the Lord's goodness. And as I was riding, this truck company rode by me and I seen on this truck, it says, said, anything, anytime, and anywhere. And God gave me this thought right off the bat. And if, you, God, give, if the Holy Spirit give you a thought, write it down so you don't forget it. Immediately when I read that, this is what came to me. God, you can ask anything of me. At any time, and I will do it. And I will go anywhere you tell me. God, you can ask anything of me at any time, and I would do it in the good, in the ups, in the bad, in the downs, when I'm having a a bad day, when my flesh, I'm wrestling spirit against my flesh. I got to remember, Lord, that it's not about me, but that it's all about you. That it's not about the job that I work on, but that I'm there for assignment. I'm there for purpose. It's not about my, my, my bank account. It's not about the things that I do. But it's all about you. It's not about the things that I have. But it is all about you. At any time I would do it. And I would go anywhere you tell me. Y'all, we got to get to that point where everything we have, we hold it with an open hand. That we're looking for opportunity, that we're so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that God is always speaking. And he's always working. I want us as a body of believers, wherever we at, on your jobs or in your communities, wherever you are, that the glory of the Lord is exuberating off of you. That you're so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You're so close in intimacy with the Holy Trinity. I want us to get to an intimate relationship with God. That he's all we truly want. That, God, you can have everything. Anything that I have is yours. Everything that I have is yours. And where we get to a place where we're not offended. Where we don't hold on to things, where the enemy is not attacking us and keeping us in these same cycles. But that we're going to new levels, new atmospheres. Come on, God, for the new atmospheres. That we're seeing his glory that we're going behind the veil, that we're coming boldly to the throne of grace. Boldly, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has already done, the great high priest, he's the mediator. I was sharing this with somebody earlier, I said, it's not based off your works that God loves you. He loves you just because. We don't work to earn God's love. You're going to forever make mistakes. We all fall short of the glory of God. But the thing that I love about God is he doesn't judge us. He loves us. Can we stand up? I want you guys to know that God has called us for more. He's called us to go to a new level. And he's calling us to come closer to him. (laughs) That not only do we do it, but we don't do it alone. We do it with each other. We seek him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. That from that place of intimacy with him that it overflows and organically helps us serve others. I thank you, Lord, for tonight. I thank you, Jesus, that, Lord, it's all about you. Lord Jesus, begin to clear the stage. Begin to strip us of everything that we we lean on just for our strength, because in our weaknesses, when you're made strong, So, Lord Jesus, I pray that you be made strong in us this day, Lord. I pray, God, that when we leave here, we won't be the same. I pray that, Lord, something has been activated tonight, God. A hunger, a newfound hunger, a newfound fire, a newfound thirst, Jesus. But we're just desperate for you. And so, Lord, I thank you for my brothers. I thank you for my sisters that's in this place on tonight. And I pray, God, that every heart, that it was touched by your word, Jesus, and that they begin to see you in a newfound revelation, in a newfound way. We give you all the glory, praise, and honor. And as we begin to worship you, Lord, allow us to go all in and hold nothing back. Any time. Anything, anywhere. We're yours, Lord. Our hearts are yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.